Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert, producer, starter of a lot of things. I have a pop quiz today. We're going to do a math quiz today oh. just because most listeners don't expect to have to take a math quiz. Uh-huh. Will said he was ready for one, so let's let's do that. Here's the quiz. If you're... Worker is supposed to be at the house at one time, at a and you are not time. there another time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was tea. I took a tea for Tardy today, and, and Nina did was kind of locked out of the office a little bit, so I got in some trouble. Uh-huh. Nina scolded. Yeah, I just got back from running laps and doing burpees, so <laughs> it's all good. Man, I hope you forget to unlock it for me. Right, the pain so will just, get... just it'll be leverage for the rest of my life. Uh huh. Remember that time. Uh huh. So what's up, Will Patati Hottie Schmotty Schmidt? Wow, you <laughs> butchered me. We, we, we really altered that name a little bit. Schmotty Patati. I'm good. I'm You're up. still hot. Okay, it's just me. I'm up in the Bay Area. It is cooler up here, so maybe I am not as technically hot as before. I see. You're cold hot. Yeah. Colder. Yeah. But I, uh, I'm happy to be uh, talking to you guys. Yeah, he's coming in via Skype. Isn't technology a beautiful thing? We are fancy. All right. So and and Kenna's just phoning this in as normal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, yeah, I'm not here. That's I have work. on half my makeup, though, today because I'm just, doing another radio show so they can really see me. Oh, you know, so. they can really see you in that one? I plan on putting my other makeup on. Okay. Kenna's fancy today. She's going to yeah. be famous on a big time show later yeah, that yeah. people actually listen and to. It's in the Inland Empire, I found out. I'm like, how's that going to help <laughs> us? Hmm. Oh, well. But anywho, uh, today we're going to be talking about what? It's still ask. We're going to ask some questions, yeah. Yeah, okay. And we'll answer them. We're going to be asking Tony some questions, but if you have not liked us on Facebook yet, I don't know what we have to do. We have to beg you to like us. We'll come mow your lawn, I guess. We'll do whatever, but it's Kick It in the Nuts. Just search for that. Go ahead and like us. That's where we post our show topics. You guys can ask any questions, or you can even pitch a show topic, you know? That's that's how we've gotten each of our 240,000 fans, is we've had Will go and mow their lawn. Yeah. That's so why he's, he's so ripped. Yeah. That's yeah. my cardio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get to questions. Well, I we're guess. gonna get to questions. Shelly from Green Gables. <laughs> I'm kidding. From Coral Gables, Florida. All right. I want to get tested for food allergies. Can you talk about how this works and share your opinion of different tests? Yes, we can, Shelly. And I've been to Coral Gables. It's it's nice. Oh. Good job living mm-hmm. there. Okay. They, 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 they make you pay money to live there. Oh, they do? Yeah, that's where the people that have the money the live. The rich people? Yeah. Shelly, you're rich. Nice. Yeah. So we'll talk about your, you being rich for a few minutes. Give us some money, Shelly. Uh-huh. And uh, so the, with food allergies, there's a lot of things to talk about. So we probably won't get to a lot of questions today because I want I kind of want to dig into a lot of this stuff a little bit. Um, some of the tests are, are not that great. Um, it seems like... 
the science that's backing it up uh, is not like that excited about it. Like the results that people are seeing um, is not that convincing. And you hear it. There's different varieties. They do the skin tests, right, Will? But then they also do like blood tests, um, looking for factors that could be uh, problematic. But when you you hear stories of people sending off the results to like six different labs from the same sample, and they get back six totally different results, and you kind of kind of wonder, you know, what's going on here. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of all of those tests. But one thing that can be sh- for certain is if if you do one of these tests and let's say that you find out that you're allergic to wheat, soy, strawberries, uh, and Lou Diamond Phillips or something like that, then you can use that as kind of a base to start from. I just don't like to see people take those results and use them as face value to say, okay, I, this is what I'm allergic to. Because we hear, hear from a lot of people that'll take the test and it'll say, I'm allergic to this, but the person's fine when they eat that. And it'll say, I'm not allergic to this, but the the person falls apart every time they eat that. You see that too, right, Will? Yeah, I um, you know, I love I love what technology can like help us understand better and better. It's getting cooler every day. But allergy tests are just not there yet. And you know, and looking at yeah, we need an iPhone allergy test to come right. out. You know? They may get there. Like yeah. they may totally yeah. find that. Like you know, they they can do different tests to you know verify. Like oh, this person for sure does have like a bee sting. You know, a lethal bee sting allergy or a, an actual gluten allergy. They'll probably be able to tell your allergies just by your phone number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Your 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 Facebook fan page, like whatever. Right. How many followers you have dictates <laughs> right. whether you can eat broccoli. But you're, it's not gluten not intolerant. With the I and I, I get very frustrated with it too because, um, you know, I'll I'll help someone kind of refine their diet and then they'll they'll come back with these allergy tests and they'll be like, oh, I actually can't eat any protein or fats <laughs> or I can eat apricots. You right. know, yeah. And so how can I fix my chemistry just eating apricots? Yeah, but there's a lot of. Uh, if you look it up, if you do like go to Google Scholar and do a Google search for the IgG or the IgH allergy tests and read independent peer-reviewed journal like medical journal articles about those two tests, which are the main ones that everyone's using for like like Alcat and all these different um, these these private companies that Cyrex are Cyrex or somebody like that. I think yeah, they're one of the big ones. There's a lot of them. And if you look at the documents that they give you when you go like, oh, look at this brochure and all these cool, it's very like polished and looks nice. And they reference, they, it looks like they reference other articles. But if you go to look up those articles, you will not find them. They're, I, they're like, they're not peer reviewed. They're kind of written by like someone's blog and, you know, like someone who works for the companies. Like they, this, yeah, and now like, they work for the company. Magically. Yeah, right. But if you look at the peer reviewed articles, of independent journals of people doing real medical research that are not financially benefiting from those uh, those services, you'll see it's very it's very like not pessimistic, but like um, pretty much across the board, they're like, yeah, there's a lot of false positives in these tests. Like they're making people think that they're allergic to things that they're not actually allergic. There's not very good correspondence between the the test results and the actual uh, experience for the individual, and still the reliance 
and it may get there and someday like i'm right. a I have huge faith. fan yeah i think they will figure it out but it's not there yet and um the gold standard really that they still use is like the the actual oral tolerance test like what happens when you actually eat it like do you you know and you track <laughs> oh, he like, fell over and died right yeah so don't do that anymore so but- that's tricky it is tricky especially since uh you know sometimes when you eat something your reaction to that food won't come for a couple days so people get confused and they think oh well i I ate that a couple days ago and i was fine for a couple days but today i ate this and i fell apart so what we like to see people do and we talk about this in chapter nine in the kick your fat in the nuts book um is we like to see people do uh, a food elimination type plan for at least 30 days. And uh, if you go to kickitinthenuts.com and just search for remove the trouble, this was such a big thing that I took this chapter out of the book and put the whole chapter online just so anybody could read it for free. And it kind of walks you through how to do all of this. But even if someone has done these food allergy tests and they got this list of foods that they feel that they're they're allergic to according to the test... I like to see people do the challenge with those foods because you won't really know unless you do this test. So you remove the foods for at least 30 days, and then when you reintroduce them, you have to reintroduce them one at a time. If you just go back to eating all of them, you're not going to know what made your symptoms come back if the symptoms come back. So you do it for 30 days. If your symptoms improve, you know that one of those foods was causing some trouble. Right? One or more. Yeah, one or more. So as you start to put them back in one at a time, and maybe you just reintroduce one every three or four days, maybe even five, uh, to see how your body does. And if you do fine, then you know that, hey, maybe I'm okay with this one. And when one triggers you, then you know that's one that you may need to leave out. Yeah, and there there's lists in uh, – is it listed in that book which, which foods to maybe start with eliminating and which ones are most likely safe? Yeah, and there's lots of plans out there. We, we call it our clean sweep and we, we're mainly eliminating um, all grains, all processed foods because you never know what's going to be in a processed food. So you're, every processed food you eat is just going to be potluck in many cases. So you, you get rid of all the processed food, all of the grains, any type of grain, any type of dairy – any type of legume, and, oh, alcohol. Oh, you lost me at alcohol. Yeah. Um, And so those are the main ones. And so, you know, it's kind of like a paleo situation removes all of those things as well for the most part. Uh, But some people with autoimmune type issues will also need to remove nuts and seeds and eggs, even though eggs are the perfect food. People do still have allergy issues with eggs. Um, and any nightshade vegetables. And you could also search, just Google, like, uh, you know, Paleo AIP, the autoimmune protocol for paleo, and you'll find lots of recipes, lists, all like that stuff. Like, if you did it, because I wanted to try this, but I love my eggs and I eat them every day. And I thought, you know, I don't really need to give up eggs. But then I thought, why not? Why not just do it for 30 days? Maybe. And But what would you do for in case instead of that for breakfast? You you find other things. And I did the same thing. You know, I'm an egg master, but yeah. I just I wanted to play along and see how it went. Um, so I found other things to like eat. chicken or meat or veggies? I was, Hostess cupcakes. Okay, yeah, I'm in. No, I I made a lot of stir fry kind of things Uh because there's this thing in our brain that makes us think that 
breakfast has to be breakfast food. Yeah. But if you try it once, you're like, oh, that was just food, and it yeah. totally worked, and I can eat just Cause food. Because I could eat cereal any time of day, so that's not just Right, so why food. can't it just yeah. go the other exactly. direction? Exactly. Why can't you eat normal food for breakfast? That's true. So I started doing that, and I found that I really liked it, and it totally worked. And now that I'm back to eating eggs and doing fine with them, I still do just normal food for breakfast sometimes because I'm a rebel. Cool, because I thought about that would be my only hang-up was the eggs at breakfast. Yeah. If you're a health, fitness, or nutrition professional, check out our other podcast, Six Figure Health Pro. We dig into the latest marketing techniques and business-growing strategies for health professionals. To learn how to take your business to the next level, search for Six Figure Health Pro on iTunes or Stitcher, or go to SixFigureHealthPro.com to learn more. Now do what you're told. So when we're looking at this, this is the gold standard of what to do with food allergies or food sensitivities. And and keep in mind that a food sensitivity can be different than a real, like a peanut allergy where somebody's going to have shock and all this craziness. That's not always the same thing. But Will, why don't we talk for a second about how a food sensitivity can develop when someone's digestion is not working correctly so that people can understand how this would even happen, and then we'll talk about steps that need to be uh, put in place if you're going to move past these allergies or sensitivities. Yeah, so I guess there's there's a couple of things that come to mind. One is when digestion's weak and foods aren't properly sterilized and broken down, creates interactions that are symptom that can cause symptoms. And then there's also lectins, which is more related to like the blood type issue, but also still connected to digestive problems. Right. So let's just talk about like general digestion problems. Let's say, for example, you don't have enough stomach acid, so your body doesn't do a good job at killing pathogens in the food that you eat or breaking proteins down into amino acids. When you eat any sort of protein like eggs, for example, or beef, you need to be able to break those proteins down into amino acids. And if you don't have enough stomach acid to do that, that won't happen. And you won't kill off any of the bacteria or microorganisms that are present in the food, which are also present in vegetables too. It's not just animal protein. So then you have these undigested little chunks of egg or chicken or whatever else you ate, as well as all the little microorganisms that come along with them as you eat them in your gut. And they start creating problems because those large proteins are not what your bloodstream wants. Your body can like respond to them as a foreign invader and all those little microorganisms create a bunch of exotoxins which also add stress and um, inflammation to the body. So then your body has this like inflammatory immune response to the food that you ate. And we could have wiped that out in a lot of cases if we just properly broke down our food and sterilized it through the stomach acid. But you're lacking that. So then people think, oh, I'm allergic to eggs or chicken or beef or animal proteins. When in reality, they just need a little bit of digestive help. Right. And and so this, the variations in this uh, will really be great from person to person depending on their ability to break down the food that they're eating and – how leaky is their gut? You know, a lot of times uh, if an individual's gut lining is intact and, and well, then even if they don't break down the food all the way, a lot of those particles that don't belong in the bloodstream are not going to make it in there. But for other people that have had issues where the gut becomes a little more permeable and a wider variety of things can make it through that barrier, um, then when they make it in the blood, the body can't use chicken 
There's nothing that the body can do with chicken. The body can use amino acids, fats, proteins, vitamins, minerals. Those are all the things that they break that the body breaks food down into. Then the body can use all of that good stuff. But if it makes it into the system and it still has its own identity and it's like, "Hey, I'm chicken." Then the body's freaking out and it sends out the army and it attacks it. So now there's these files, so to speak, in the immune system. So when you eat the chicken again, there's an allergic reaction because your body just went to war against chicken. Mm-hmm. So this is a big deal. And this is how a person can say, oh, I've had, I ate chicken my whole life. Why can't I eat it now? It must be something else causing this problem. But the reality is that you develop this sensitivity or, uh, you know, allergy, however you want to say it, um, to this food with uh, this that Will just explained. So to fix any type of food allergy situation, you really have to fix digestion. Otherwise, you're going to take this list of foods that you figured out are bad and you leave them out. But now you're starting to gravitate towards these other foods. And the more and more often that you eat these foods and don't break them down properly and they start to seep into the bloodstream and uh, create an immune response... All of a sudden, you're going to start adding to that list of, oh, I can't eat this food either. And, you know, that's kind of what happened to me when I was really sick and on all the acid reflux drugs and had no digestion whatsoever. I got down to like three things I could eat without feeling horrible. So you really have to fix digestion in order to not only bring back some of those foods once again without having the sensitivity, but to not keep creating more and more food sensitivities. Yeah, I I remember one client I had that when we started, he could eat like five things. And if he ate anything that wasn't on that list of five things, he would just cough incessantly. So he couldn't, he he was trying to like go to night school and he couldn't be in class if he had a food that wasn't on his little list. Oh, wow. Just couldn't stop coughing. And then um, we went through a month or two of working on his digestion, getting his bile flowing, his stomach acid levels up, some enzymes. And uh, and then he was on it and he was like, I'm feeling really good. I'm starting to like put on some weight because he was underweight before. And um, he was putting on some muscle. And then he was like, I mean, I haven't coughed in a while. And he was starting to be able to have like coconut again and then milk again and and then he's like, you know what? I'm. He was just. I don't know if he was out partying for the weekend. But he's like, I'm just gonna go to Popeyes. And he had just like, <laughs> he had like fried chicken and waffles, like everything that would have like ruined him. And he's like, and I was totally fine. I didn't cough at all. Um. So his notion, and he was on board from the start, just conceptually. He's like, I so don't. So he came to Will, and he's like, see, all I needed was Popeyes that whole time. That would have fixed the whole problem. Right. But he was on board conceptually with he he had been living in the thought that maybe he was allergic to everything. But then he was like, mm-hmm. this just doesn't make sense to me. And once he fixed his digestion, all, all these foods just opened up again to him as like just totally fine for him. So now he's on an all Popeye's diet. Right, right. And who wouldn't Who wouldn't be? And so I, I hear from clients that experience similar situations. And I was the same way where after a couple of months, I was able to start reintroducing foods and I did well, but there were a few that I did when I put them back in, I still didn't feel well. And I had to leave them out for probably a year. And so for some foods, for some people, that may be the case. Because think about it, if, if your body had this 
four fire alarm going off every time you ate this food, it makes sense that even if you're breaking it down better, if there's any remnants of this food entering the system at all, that the body may still be a little reactive uh, for a much longer period. Kinda knows what that's like from like tequila. Yeah. Gin. Uh-huh. You're running out of options. Ah, so. oh, crap. Well, vodka is still my good standby. There you go. But yeah, like, you know, anyone who's ever ruined themselves on a drink knows, like, okay, their body's going to be, like, super nauseous. And yeah. yeah. I, and that's true. I don't do tequila. You can't even say Jägermeister around Kenna yes. without, oh, I'm sorry. She gets a little gurgly. <laughs> you know what's so, so disgusting, though? Yo will drink Jägermeister in orange juice. That's what they do in the Netherlands, and it's disgusting. Mm. I got to try that. So when you're looking... Uh, Shelly, to you know, am I going to do a food allergy test? I'm not saying don't do them. If you get that information and you use it as a base, it's fine. The problem is that uh, some of these food allergy tests are like almost a thousand dollars to do it. Wow! And then once you once you do the test, you still really need to do the elimination stuff for at least thirty days to test and see if it's accurate. And you also need to take steps to fix the underlying cause of that or it's kind of pointless. So I like to see people spend their money on either taking steps to fix digestion. Some people will need supplements and some of the supplements can be costly. And some people might need help from a a professional, a coach, a a functional medicine professional or something. So I I just prefer to see the money go that direction to fix the underlying cause because the elimination thing is kind of free. Yeah, and if you go to this allergy person or whatever that does all the tests, then you're just saying, oh, okay, I can have these for the rest of my life. But if you go to this person that can help you work on everything, you might be able to have those again. You, you know? might, Yeah, you might really be able to put them back in later on. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Was there something you wanted to say, Precious Will? Um, no, I, I think we've kind of already said it. Like, I just I think that they're misleading. I, I think it's not even just like, oh, it's good to get the allergy test. And also do this if I can afford it. Why not do all of it? I think that they're misleading. Like, That's a good I, point. You know, I've been with other health practitioners that like they found out about the Alcat and they went on it, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't realize I was allergic to blueberries. I've been eating blueberries my whole life, and I love them, but now I can't eat them." Mm-hmm. It's like you've never had, and you're in great health. You've never had any issues, and now you think you can't have blueberries or any of these other berries or chicken or eggs anymore. And why do you think that? You know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If you'd like to learn how to become a health coach or even just di- dig, dive and dig. Yeah, dig, 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 course you too. do yeah okay what what other question do we have i think we, we have time to question. do one more because yeah, it's kind yeah. of a long one this is a long one daisy and she emailed tony about this i'm postmenopausal and i've gained a little weight it always goes only on my middle that's just my body type i also have trouble with eating too many sweets i think but what complicated this is that i have a stomach disease called gastroparesis is that right 
Sounds right to me. Sounds right to me too. Which means that I have slow stomach emptying. So my eating and hunger are very screwed up and unnatural, and I have had to readjust my eating and my whole lifestyle. So I'm not sure what to do because I have so little weight to lose. That just ticks me off right there. <laughs> well, and remember, Kenneth, some people are upset because they need to gain weight. Everybody okay, has different problems. Okay, here. okay. And I am basically a very healthy eater with a tendency to eat a few too many sweets. I think the fact that my whole eating system is screwed up by, my, by this disease may either make it harder or surprisingly it might put me in the same category with people who are overweight and who feel hungry all the time because I have the opposite problem. I never feel hungry. That doesn't put you in the same category. It's a similar category. A uh, similar, but... Hmm. So there's, I still like you, Daisy. So there's never any particular reason to eat or not to eat. So my disease sort of takes away the normal boundaries that people have around eating. Oh, one more note. I'm a fairly active person. I try to take a walk, a fast walk every day between 20 and 60 minutes. I do some exercise on the floor and I live in a walk-up building. So I do four flights of stairs a few times a day. Okay, so there's lots of stuff that we can talk about in here. And we see questions and people, we hear from people like this a lot where they feel like they're stuck with something because somebody with a fancy coat told them that that was the case. I got a fancy coat, but nobody listens to me. Yeah, it's a different kind of coat. Um, So I I think that this is one of my favorite things is to hear from people who have had an issue for a long time in their life and dealing with it and adjust their life to deal with it. And it's this huge pain. And then they find out that, oh, I can I can improve that on my own by adjusting how my body's eating or the foods that I'm eating. And then all of a sudden, this horrible thing that they had is gone, uh, even though that they were labeled with this, like, here you go. These are the cards that you're dealt. Sorry about your luck. Yeah, I am. Um... I think that there's a lot you'll probably want to say about improving stomach acid levels. <clears throat> it sounds like her her big thing that is throwing off her whole appetite and for sure her metabolism and probably her hormone levels and is that her stomach isn't processing food very quickly. And we know that the most common reason why that would be is if there's an underproduction or absence of hydrochloric acid in the stomach. Because that is what is the main regulator of gastric emptying time. Like how long it takes food to get processed in the stomach and then get sent into the duodenum, the small intestine. And if there's there's not enough hydrochloric acid or if there's an H. pylori infection or something like that that's eating up all the acid, then when you eat food... That food is just going to sit there until the pH gets acidic enough. Yeah, it's just it's not it's not that you are slow at doing that. It's that there's not enough acid, so the body's like just just keep it here a little longer. It's going to happen. It's going to get it's, acidic enough. I just know it. Just stick it's around. Cooking. It's cooking. But if you tried uh, supplementing with hydrochloric acid and found that you are all of a sudden like you start processing food a lot quicker and having regular bowel movements then your whole issue might be solved. And I've, I've seen this with, with clients that had very low blood pressure and like struggled with constipation a lot. They would also not have a lot of uh, hunger or energy. And their body would just be kind of like in this, in this downgrade, like low energy production because they're not processing foods, they're not getting a lot of nutrition, but they don't feel hungry because that their food is like 
their their digestive system is giving their brain feedback of like, hey, we're not done processing what you ate yet. Right. The person can also be even nauseous sometimes because when the food can't break down, it's just going to sit there and rot and ferment. So, of course, you're not going to want more. Your body's like, man, we haven't finished dealing with what you gave us before. Just simmer down and let us deal with this mess that's going on. Yeah. So then when you add HCL, like... um we talked about in our digestive issues course, we teach how to introduce HCL and kill off bacteria that's in the stomach and ramp it up slowly. Like when you go through that process, you may find all of a sudden you have an appetite again and you may find like, oh, you, you need to start eating more because now you're hungry again and you're not constipated anymore. And that's going to have huge benefits. Don't don't get concerned of like, oh, now I'm going to eat more calories and and then I'm going to get fat because I'm eating more. It's like actually your metabolism is going to improve a lot. The di- like your thyroid's going to be able to run roar- more. Your um, the toxicity in your digestive system is going to decrease, and that's also going to improve your metabolism. So you- and you'll be able to do more with your day because you'll have energy to do stuff now. Right. Yeah, and, and just a couple notes too that keep in mind that I have seen people with this same issue that were not constipated. So don't keep hearing that and think that, oh, I'm not constipated, so I don't have this if you're not constipated. It's just a very common thing that we see in this scenario. Um, the other thing is, you know, you say you have a, a little bit of a problem eating sweets, and this is real common when someone can't pull enough nutrients out of their food because they're not digesting it those sweets are easier to pull glucose out of. They're easier to break down so your body can have some glucose and function because it's not getting nutrients from those other foods that are harder to break down. So your body says, give me the junk. So we hear from people a lot that once they fix it where they can eat other foods and actually benefit from those foods, that they don't need so many sweets. Yeah, there, when your body can't break down that protein, it can't make glucose from that protein. And so you've mentioned it before, a fancy word, gluconeogenesis. And if that's if you don't have protein as a source for that, your your body and your cells are still going to be asking for glucose all the time. Especially your brain runs mostly off glucose and your muscles. So when you don't break down protein, your only direct source of glucose or blood sugar is carbohydrates. So once you enable yourself to be able to run off of proteins better, then you'll have that whole other channel of available glucose, which is way better in a way because you can store the energy of proteins in your liver and and tap into it. And that can help you keep your insulin levels down lower, your blood sugar levels more stable, your your blood pressure more level. Yeah, well, there could be one other source of glucose themselves. The body could be breaking their own tissues down and turning that into glucose and causing all kinds of other problems. But uh, uh, one other thing that you hit on that I wanted to uh, make sure people understand is the thing that I don't remember what you hit on. Gluconeogenesis? I don't know. It was was something else. Mm. Mm. (laughs) So call in if you remember what it was that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll call in a few weeks. We'll wait. We'll just sit here and wait. Um, Oh, I know what it was. Okay, so she talks about that a lot of times her weight just goes to her stomach. And this is very common when that weight is caused by the body storing toxins 
in fat cells. And, and not all toxins can be stored in fat cells, but many can. And we see this very frequently when someone's on a lot of medication and the body's dealing with a heavy toxic load of all those synthetic uh, substances coming in the body. The body will just say, oh, I'll just store some of this in fat cells. And it, it just seems to do that more around the middle. And that's not the same for everybody, but it just seems common. So your body may be dealing with a lot of toxins from these undigested foods. And once you can digest them better, you may find that that little excess weight that you're carrying may just go away as your body's able to say, okay, I can get rid of some of these toxins now that I'm not dealing with such a heavy burden. Yeah. I think there's there's also pretty well-documented correspondence between abdominal fat and elevated cortisol and stress hormones. It really is, yeah. Yeah. So like when elevated, like when, um, for example, when estrogen's higher, you'll see more fat storage in the breasts and the hips and thighs, like all these areas where women typically struggle with it. And then men will typically not have as high of a female hormone profile, but they will have higher levels of cortisol. So they'll, and there's been just through empirical evidence, ep- indication that that creates more fat retention around the abdomen to the extent that there's now systems of body fat caliper measurements that are done to like assess hormone profiles. Like they'll, wow. they'll measure like so yeah. if it's your boobs, your hips, and what else? It's estrogen, and if it's your stomach and midsection, it's more cortisol. Well, it could also just you know all of those areas could just be pie. Yeah, you yeah, could just be pie excess. <laughs> <laughs> but if there's if there is elevated cortisol levels, you want to start looking at like well, why? It could be a product of medication. It could be. Um, it could be an underactive thyroid that's causing the adrenals and the stress hormones to elevate. And, and how do you find out if it's a cortisol? You have to go take a test? Yeah, you can get – there's saliva tests, uh, Health Check USA. You can do stress hmm. hormone profiles. Right, and think about what else you're saying too, Will, is, is you know those stress hormones that are elevating that are causing uh, you know excess fat storage. Um, that stress could literally just be coming from your body – that is stressed due to the lack of nutrients that it's getting. And all yeah. the toxins. Yeah, you might not have stress in your life at all. Maybe your boss is always on time and you're not locked out in not the rain. Me. Maybe that stress doesn't happen <laughs> at all. So, But your body could still be stressed just because of what it's dealing with. It's trying to pay $800 worth of bills with 12 bucks. Because uh-huh. you're not getting the nutrients it needs for it to function. You should have a lot of cortisol with me being your coworker. Right, the there it should be excess, yeah. but yeah. I seem fine. Yeah, so you can do like hormone profiles. You can see like how is your endocrine system working, how are your adrenals, and then you even with those test results, you you'd still want to ask yourself why. Why are my stress hormone levels yeah. high? And would it show you like you have too much estrogen? You have too much all this stuff. Pretty yeah, it depends, on, it depends on what you know panels you get done, but it's the, always about figuring out the underlying cause that yeah. Will said. Though. That's yeah, but important. if you know that you have that, yeah, that's great. And then you also know that okay, well, I do eat a lot and I drink a lot, so <laughs> you know you can put all that together and then you can start looking at stuff and go, what do I need to do? You right. Know? Yeah, and sometimes it's confusing and complicated. Like, for example, if you do have an underactive thyroid that will tend to make your adrenals and cortisol and stress hormone levels be higher. And you might have an underactive thyroid because of like a protein deficiency. And if you don't have enough stomach acid, you might have a protein deficiency because of that. So when you, you know, if you dig it up, you might find like, oh, 
my stress hormone levels are high because I can't break down protein. Like it's, that could be that instance. It's weird because we've never had a show where everything kind of led back to where you need to fix digestion. Yeah. Never, not once, ever in the whole hundred something episodes we've done. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, but it, there, there. That's just like one scenario. There's a lot of different reasons why you could have elevated stress hormones, and that's why we teach, uh, you know, to take a, a broad look at your body chemistry through all the different self tests that we talk about, through mm-hmm. all the different health professionals that we link people to, so they can help uh, the individual troubleshoot their body holistically. Like what is going on across the spectrum? It might be multiple factors of things you need to work on. There might be a real food allergy. There might be a digestive weakness. There might be job stress. There might be... Yeah, and the the interesting Mm -hmm. thing is that all of these things that Will's talking about don't always point to this is the answer. They kind of can give you indications of, okay, okay, let's see what happens when I start to improve this. Do other things improve as well, or do I need to look for other answers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you going to say something, Will? No. Oh, no. okay. I, I, I already did. You already okay. said a okay. lot of things. I thought you were about to. <laughs> what else do you said? want from me? Uh, you don't want to know. Uh, okay, so today all of our listeners can get a free audiobook from audible.com. Just go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook for the details. So you can download Tony's book and you can take these self-tests and you can learn about your body. And if you got fat because you're eating cakes or fat maybe because you're stressed out stressed out who knows it might be both you know we also had a request from a listener that we should end each show with kenna singing some song that was not actually in english oh no did you really (laughs) yeah we really did oh gosh well i used to make up songs maybe i could make up one now okay we'll work on that i'll I'll work on it for next week Uh oh i could do that one yeah (laughs) feliz navidad uh-huh. <laughs> okay, guys, we will see well, you. Well, I didn't finish. Next- oh, okay. Can I finish it I up? had more stuff to All say. Right. Well, I'm sorry. Okay, so if you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the almost free four-week digestion course at kickitnaturally.com, or you can head on over to Will Schmidt's Hottie Patati's Fotty Schlotty's Potties <laughs> page, mybodyofknowledge.net, and he's got a lot of... Great exercise, blogs, information on that. The website address is Flotty Schlotty Body yeah, Flight. Yeah, it's all yeah, that. Yeah, dot yeah, net. Exactly. <laughs> dot net. Exactly. <laughs> Woohoo. Okay, we will see you next week. Complacinta on tu pinta.